Hey friends, welcome to Naked in Truth, the podcast that's designed to open up your mind, to help you break down walls and barriers in your life that you might not even know exist yet. But don't worry, every wall that we break down together on this podcast allows you the opportunity to level up and create your impact. With that being said, I think it's time for us to get honest, vulnerable, and naked in truth. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Naked in Truth podcast. It is me, Sari D, the host and creator, and I am very grateful to have a very special guest with us on here today. We have the one and the only Mr. Frederick Henderson. Do you want to say hey to everybody, Frederick? What's good, everybody? How y'all doing? So we have him on the podcast today to teach us his story because, man, this guy has grinded it out from the bottom all the way up to the top, in my opinion. And I think that you are going to learn a lot, not only just about him, but about how you can use some of those skill sets, mindset in your own life as you're trying to level up as well. So we are going to get straight into it here. So I really just want to start out by um, you letting the listeners know where you are now, what you do for work. What does your life kind of look like? So I am a personal trainer privately, have my own, my own personal training spot. I'm a sponsored athlete. I'm with the brand Ghost. I'm sure a lot of people know about it. Um, yes, the biggest supplement brand. brand. Yeah. yeah, it's the biggest supplement brand in the world. So I'm blessed to be a part of them. Um, so I'm in, I'm right outside of Los Angeles, California. So I was born and raised in Los Angeles, but now I'm about, about an hour, 15 minutes away um, in a desert area. Got out I of that it. big city life a little bit, yeah, hey? Yeah, I know. Absolutely. I literally live like I like one block away is that we have a big old private lake. So I'm like, yeah. This no is complaints. where I need to be, hey? Yeah, no complaints. I love it. So when it comes to your childhood, you grew up a little bit different than most of us, right? You were in South yes. Central LA. You had a really big family. What did that kind of look like? Uh, it was chaotic, man. So I had six, well, I have six sisters. I have one brother. Wow. Um, it was just, it was a lot of chaos, man. A lot of chaos. And I'm the second youngest. So, um, you just, you learn a lot about, uh, how to protect your own. Um, yeah. like I said, I grew up in a, we grew, I grew up in a, in a, the gang era, the gang era. You, you guys see on the news, like that's the era I grew up in South Central LA. So it was so that's uh, the thing. A lot of listeners don't know what that really looks like, what that vibe tell, is like and, and raising eight kids in that area yeah. too. Yeah, like the the thing is, it's like uh, it's so it's it's a it's a lot of crabs in a barrel. That's the best way I can I can explain it. And it's like okay. everybody's trying to get out, but in the process of trying to get out, it's everybody crawling over each other yeah. to get out. And so, where are everybody's kind of hopes and dreams looking when they have that vision of trying to get out of that barrel? Honestly, when you when you're where I'm from, you either sell drugs or you 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 play sports. Like just, that's, uh, that's it. Hey, you have that's no- what it was. That's what it was. Like, seriously, like you play sports or you, you sold drugs or you're in a game. That, that was, that was it. Wild. 
Well, so you were being the second youngest. So you obviously had some leadership from your older siblings in some sort of way. And so how did that go for navigating? Like, were you able to have some good protection, some good people around you because of the fact that you had so many different ages kind of looking out for you? Yeah, absolutely. My sisters are still very, very defensive. (laughs) I mean, I'm still a little brother. I'm 43, but I'm still a little still brother. the wee that, one. <laughs> yep, that is that's never gonna change. You know, my my uh, funny story. My mom just called me about two hours ago, and she's like, uh, she's like, I'm just calling to make sure you're all right, son. I'm like, mom, I'm 43 years old. Like, I take care of you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like what what are you talking about? I'm good. <laughs> Uh, that's so sweet. Well, I'm glad that you got so many ladies looking out for you. And I really think that that is why you have such a big heart yourself is, is because you got raised that way by so many lovely ladies around you. So when it comes to that though, and you're growing up, what did you, what did it look like your future was looking like? Like what were your hopes and dreams as you were kind of growing from a child? Honestly, like I was, my day consisted of surviving. Like that's, that's what it was. My day consisted of just just survive. I was in survival mode every day. Just um, when you're from those areas, a lot of times you learn to keep your head on the swivel. That's something my, my parents always taught me, like, keep your head on the swivel, you know, pay attention to what's going on, right. pay attention to if something doesn't feel right, you know, do trust this or gut. do that. Yeah, trust your gut, your instincts, stuff like that. Because my, my mom, my mom and my, my dad, they separated early. Okay. So my mom was, she was, she was a breadwinner. So she was working. My mom was working. So it was unbelievable. Mom, yeah. So like, I can, I can go on forever about, about her. Like, I no mean, doubt I, grinding it out. Single yeah. mom, eight kids. Yeah. Like, guys. I can't even like, I can't even remember, uh, honest to God truth. I can't remember a time where she, where she went. I I'm being hundred percent honest with you. I can't remember a single time where she went out and like, when she was like, just like, son, I'm going out with my friends. Like, I'll be back. Like, I'll be back later. I, I can't remember. I can't. I can't pinpoint one time where she ever went out and did something for herself. I can't. She was busy grinding out, making yeah, sure that she, she was, had food yeah. on the table. Yep. She was doing what she what she needed to do. Wow. And like, does that ever humble somebody of really recognizing of, especially I feel like you, you know, you see it when you're younger, but you don't really notice it until you're, you're older. Yeah. And that's when it really hits you. Is it in your adulthood when you're trying to grind out and you're like, holy shit, how did she do yeah. this? This is exactly. crazy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I love it. Giving me chills, buddy. That's amazing. Okay. So, so you're looking at your future. You're like, Hey, at this point in time, I just need to try to survive. Right. So does that mean that survival mode is you trying to fit in with sports? Were you trying to fit in with certain groups of people? What did survival mode look like for you? No, so I was, I was fortunate. I, I was, a, I was always an athlete. So okay. um, I hung around with a lot of athletes and usually those guys are usually on the right path. So yeah. Keep you out I of trouble. Own, yeah. I had my, and I was quiet. I was quiet. That's it's so con- contrary to what I am now. I was so quiet. Like, I mean, mm quiet quiet so i just i played ball okay um i had a, i knew a lot of popular people because i played sports and everybody wanted me to play sports because they knew i could play so they always wanted me on a team and stuff like that but i'm the kind of person like i go hoop or play football or baseball and i go on about my business i take off and go do whatever i wanted to do you know go home play video game chill relax Absolutely. So did it look like there was going to be a future in sports for you? Cause I know that a lot of people's dreams are like, you know, I want to be a baller. I want to, I want to well, go to the I, big times. I had some, I had opportunities, but I never, um, 
like Double down honestly, on them really? I never, no, I never really, I never really thought about, I never really thought about it professionally. No. Okay. So you made it through your school years. You had some good people around you. You're still in South central LA, right? So now you're starting to graduate and where does your life look like it's starting to go for you? So this is the thing. My, uh, my ninth grade year, I was supposed to go to high school in Los Angeles. And my mom, I remember like yesterday, she came to me and she was like, uh, we're moving. And I'm like, moving? I'm like, what are you, like, what are you talking about? She's like, we're moving. We're leaving LA. And I'm like, okay, well, where are we going? And she's like, we're going to a, the city is called Azusa. And I'm like, Azusa? Like, what the heck is that? So she's like, it's about, uh, it's about, a, about an hour east of here. So I'm like, okay. So we, I remember going out there. We went out there. And it was just completely, it was completely different. It was a, it's a small suburb. It's a really small suburb. Okay. I haven't and even I'm, heard of it before. Oh yeah. So like, it's a beautiful city. It's a really okay. small suburb. And uh, we're all, we go look at the house and uh, we're walking through the house and the house has a, a swimming pool. And that's the first time like I ever seen a swimming pool in the house. And uh, she was like, yeah, like I'm not, she's like, my son's like, not, you know, it's like my, my youngest son ain't, ain't, ain't going to school in LA. It's not happening. Um, so we we moved there. That's where I formed a lot of of myself and my business acumen. That's where a lot of things happened. Then uh, okay, that was the first time. Um, like I said, so I grew up in L.A. in the early '90s, uh, '80s, '90s. Like this is when neighborhoods were. I mean, literally, you had black neighborhoods, white neighborhoods. Hispanic neighborhoods. Hispanic, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't blended at all. I mean, it really was not blended. So unbelievable. Um, so I never, uh, in my youth, I didn't have any, I didn't have any white friends. I, there was none around. Yeah. There was none around. So when I moved to Azusa, that's the first time I ever like met white people. And wow. like, I, yeah, it was crazy. Like some of my best friends are, are these are my brothers. I've known them for damn near 30 years now, but and like guys, I think the, this this guy's in, in in his teen years when he's first starting to to yeah, meet his first white person, yeah, where he's like, yeah, "What the heck is this?" You know? Real, yeah, seriously. Wild. And that's when I that's when I found out about uh structure. Yeah. Because yeah, remember, yeah, I told yeah. you I lived in I lived in I lived in chaos. chaos. I lived in, so that's when I first found out about structure. One of my best friends, his dad was a uh, was a police officer for forty years. Wow. And uh, that was they're basically my parents. I call them mom and dad to this day. Uh-huh. Uh, that was the first time where I was ever, I had my, like I told you, my mom was always working. So that was the first time I ever had my foot to the fire of when I would go over, I would go over his house every day. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I had my foot to the fire where it was six o'clock and they come in the room where we'd be playing video games. His parents would come in and be like, it's six o'clock. Like, why ain't your butt at the table? Yeah. Like, it's dinner like for dinner. And I was like, what? Like, wait, what? What are you talking? Like, what, what do you mean? Like, yeah. and they were consistent. It was consistent. Yeah. Like, and I would go visit them on the weekends. Uh, and it was like uh like nine a.m. like I would whatever time I would go if I would go he had to, the the lawn needed to be done at nine and if I was over there it was like go help your brother do the lawn like yeah. that's the first time I ever had structure in my life and I was like oh dang like okay like I, I get it and what's really interesting about that is that even though you knew that you were kind of surviving at home you still loved your life at home you still loved your family yeah. that's what you knew but at the end of the day i think that us as humans really do crave structure and routine and schedule 
without even realizing it. And until we are in those situations, we don't actually realize how comforting it is. Whereas when you're in the opposite spectrum and maybe you're, you're born and raised in a lot of structure, sometimes you're just like, you go to, I because that used to be me. Okay. So, so my mom was like, on the ball with absolutely everything because she was at home all the time. So her Mm -hmm. eye never missed a beat. Whereas your mom couldn't possibly look at everything going on at home and work her ass off. Right. So with her always being there, I would go to other people's houses and like their room would be messy. And I'd be like, I just want my room to be messy. Not understanding how blessed I was to have a mom who wanted to keep my room clean. And that, that meant that our house was had a lot of structure in it. Right. But I would go to these houses that maybe had a bit more chaos in them. And I actually craved it, which is very interesting because then you went into that situation and you're like, damn, this feels good. So it's just funny how that grass is always greener on the other side. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. So they're, so they're teaching you this about structure. So do you think that if you wouldn't have gone here in your grade nine year, that maybe you wouldn't have graduated, maybe you wouldn't have been as successful staying in South Central as what you were in Azuka? Most okay. definitely. I learned so many, uh, I learned so many skills, so many skills being moving. It taught yeah. me so much. I got introduced to, I got introduced to different ways of doing things, different music that I never, ever listened mm. to. Um, I remember I would call my, my boys back in LA and I would talk to them and it was like, you know what it was? It reminded me of like the, you know, the story like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like that. That's what it reminded no me of. My boys, like my my childhood friend, they thought I was rich because I had a pool. They was like, "Bro, you got a pool?" I'm like, bro, "I'm sitting got- here thinking you're rich with that pool." Nah. Of course. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "They're like, bro, you got a pool." Let me tell you something. Man, we swam in that. I swam in that pool so much, yeah. the bottom of my feet were like, they were just raw. Right? Like it was raw. Like my mom's like, "Get your butt out that pool." I'm like, "Man, nah, it was." This like, is a it's, luxury, it's, mom. Yeah, it's different. Like so like when they say like you can't uh let's say you can't appreciate the sun like if it wasn't for rain like you you wouldn't you wouldn't have any context so it's the same thing right like those things uh those things make you absolutely those those tough situations they make you right so and it um, opened so many doors for you as well so like absolutely so when you're looking at your high school years were you working at the time were you just going to school what did that kind of look like just just school that was it just school uh so when I, the, the crazy part is, this is a, the irony, uh, when I moved and I started going to high school in Azusa, uh, there was about, mm, like my freshman year, 92, it was, there's about mm, four black students in the whole school. No way. Yeah, like four black students. So it was a predominantly, predominant uh, Hispanic uh, school. Really? Um, it was a, it was like, a, so there, there was a, uh, I have some crazy stories. It was a, a, it was a, a, a Mexican gang out there. And they were very, they had a lot of energy into like removing the black community. So really? I would fight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Documented. I would fight every day. I would literally get in fights every day. Um, I was 14 years old. I had to go to, uh, at the, me and two of my friends had to go to court. I had to go to court and testify because uh, three grown adults tried to, they tried to, they tried to kill me. Like, yeah, I've been through a lot, like yeah, in front of, in front of my buddies and we're in front of my buddy's apartment complex. We're in front of an apartment complex and this city is beautiful. It's a beautiful city. We're in front of an apartment complex and there's three grown men, like grown adults. We're kids. I was in ninth grade oh and they God. pulled out, they pulled out knives. Um, we tried to run, but one of my buddies fell. Oh, so we had, so we had to run back. We had to run back. We're kids. 
Like yeah, we ran you back to go help the guy him. behind though, right? Yeah, we ran back and we had to help him. And then, um, yeah, like it's it's yeah, I was for I was forced to fire, like for real. That's why I tell people like you're capable of doing anything because yeah. I don't think I'm special. Um, I just think my biggest uh, my biggest superpower is per- my perseverance. Mm. So I'll never let one situation. Uh, I tell my daughters, I have three daughters, so I tell them. Um, I say you're allowed to have bad moments, but I refuse to let you live in those moments. So good. Yeah. You can. And that's the thing. And, and I think that that's so important is that it's, it's important to recognize the emotions that you're going through, but you don't have to stay there. Right. Yeah. Don't live in them. Oh, that is such good advice, especially, especially I, I love watching guys raise strong women. I think that that's so, so important. Yeah. Okay. So, Okay. So you're really, you, you are in a better spot, but life is still so hard day in and day out trying to just live like guys, he is literally just trying to live as a preteen. So many of us don't even have an idea of what this could even feel like for survival mode. Like, don't get me wrong. All of us have walked home from school and been bullied along the way, but this is a whole new level of survival mode. Okay. So really you're. <clears throat> you you made it through your high school years, thank God. Um, and then did you decide to go and get a job? What did you think kind of graduation looks like for you now? So I, um, after school, I, w- I had some buddies that worked at uh, restaurants. So I was like, you know, my, some buddies were like, yo, you can get a restaurant job. It's really easy. So I went and got a restaurant job at uh, Denny's. I was we have boy. Denny's here in Canada yeah. too, so we know. I was what's a busboy. I was a busboy <laughs> at Denny's, and uh, it's funny how God works because that's when everything changed. Uh, mm. I was at Denny's, and uh, I was busting tables. Um, it was a gentleman. I was busting tables outside of the patio, and uh, there was a guy out there, and he asked me for something, and we talked a little bit. I went and got it for him. Came back, and he told me he goes, uh, he goes, man, like I really like how you speak. And I was like, okay, like, all right, well, I appreciate it. Thank you. And he's like, no, like, I, I really, I really do. You're very articulate for your age. And he gave me a card and uh, it said uh, Jordan King. And it said uh, executive for Bank of America. And uh, wow. he said, give me a call. So I went home uh, and I called him the next day. And uh, he said, can you come down to Orange County, which is about, about an hour and a half away. Orange County is I mean, that's the, the, the money, that's the money, the money area right there. You're you know, like, Newport, I'm Lagoon going where the rich people are, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I went down there and, uh, I talked to him and two of the, uh, I talked to him and then the president and the vice president of finance and, wow. um, they were like, yo, like we have a, a, a position for you at the bank. Like if you, if you're interested and I was like, uh, absolutely I'm interested. And, uh, Let's just stop and recap this here. So like literally coming out of high school, fighting for his life, goes and gets a job as a bus boy serving, ends up getting just just standing out and somebody being like, yo, I think that you have a lot of potential. And just like a a small company, this is this is Bank of America, people. Okay, now he's going to a city that he didn't ever really imagine himself ever being in, especially to talk business. And now he just got hired at Bank of America. Yeah. And I'm there. And um, like the first I've never um, the job was pay but it was also incentive based and a lot of it is based on how you speak to people and I worked my butt off and I got a 
big promotion in like six, like less than like six months. And then I became a manager. I became a supervisor there in like about eight months. It was, it was fast. What? It was fast. Like I literally went from, I literally went from, I mean, back then I was probably making like, I literally went from like making about maybe 12 bucks an hour as a bus boy to, um, I mean, I was, I was 19, 20 years old and I was making, you gotta understand, I'm 43. It's 20 years ago. I was yeah. making like 50. I was making like 50 thousand dollars a year. Holy smokes, that's insane. I was, yeah, I was like, man, no schooling, no education, no, guys. No, like, this is just picked yeah. out of the restaurant. Yep, just straight hustle. So, like, one of my biggest things I tell, I mentor so many people. I tell people, um, one of my superpowers is I'm good in a room full of gangsters, and I'm good in a room full of CEOs. Mm. Like, I'm good, and I'm I'm comfortable there. I'm, I don't have to fake it. I'm comfortable. Your personality flows with both sides. Yeah, I'm comfortable. So like you got to, that's, you got to be, got to be uh, well-rounded. Um, mm-hmm. my, my dad used to tell me when I was in high school, my dad, I never understood it when I was younger, but my dad used to always tell me, uh, you know, I would wear like, you know, we're kids. You wear sweatpants and t-shirts to school. And my dad would always tell me he'd like, dad, put, I mean, he'd like, son, put on a nice pair of pants. And I'm like, like, dad, I'm going to school. Like I'm going to do schoolwork. He's like, nah, put on a nice pair of pants and a nice shirt. And I didn't, uh, I didn't understand it until I got older Mm -hmm. because he was like, he wanted me to stand out. Out. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really cool. Those lessons that you learn from your parents along the way. Hey, like even to my dad was never leave the house in sweatpants, right? You always Mm got to put a pair of jeans on. Um, And so it's just, it's, it's cool because they really do stick. And so like, you're looking at your success here and, and to be honest with you, you climbing the ladder so quickly doesn't really surprise me because of the trait that you said that you think is one of your strongest and that's perseverance. Because at the end of the day, if you're not allowing yourself to get flustered, um, like let's be honest, people get really weird about their finances, right? Like they they can be pretty intense and the people take a lot of shit at the bank. And, and there's a reason why they have a little sign that says like, if you're going to be abusive, like we're not going to tolerate you. So you need to understand that when you're working with really big accounts and lots of money, there's a lot of pressure that's on your back. Back. And so you being able to handle yourself the way that you do in myself personally um, is, is what I think really accelerated that more than the average person, because at the end of the day, it's the shit that gets us flustered that that holds us back. Right. It's true. Yep. So, Absolutely. okay. Very cool. So, so you're climbing the ladder really quickly, learning lots of really cool things. And what is your career starting to look like? What's your lifestyle starting to look like? Lifestyle definitely changed extremely. Uh, by then, I was I was so young, making so much money that I was I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be a lifer. Like I'm gonna be a finance a lifer in the finance industry. This is what I'm gonna do. Because mm-hmm. um, I was, I mean, we're doing everything. I was going to I was going to watch the Laker games and uh, private boxes and right. stuff like that. Living yeah. a life that you would have never even dreamt of, yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So it was a, it was a, you know, I had, you know, I had 35, 40 people up under me that I were, that I was managing, you know? Uh, so it was, big it was a big change. Yeah. It was a big change. Uh, being able to do what I wanted to do and uh, when I wanted to do it. So that it was a, it was a, it was a big deal. So then now that you are climbing the ladder and you're thinking that you're going to be there, something started to happen though. Right. Yes, ma'am. And what's that? So I was living a very sedentary lifestyle. So I wasn't moving around very much. Uh, 
I was completely catered to. If I needed somebody to go get my dry cleaning, somebody to go get me lunch, I'd literally just snap a finger and it got done. He's uh, truly living the life, guys. Like not even yeah. having to go and pick up that lunch. Nope. Like that's that's how high end he is at Bank of America now. Just just keep uh, that in mind. Yeah, I had a big window office. It was beautiful. Uh, but then I had a reality check. Uh, I had a heart attack because I was four. I was about four hundred and fifteen pounds. And, Holy uh, smokes! And and let's can you let the listeners know what age you were roughly? Uh, so I was when I had my heart attack. I was about let me get it right. I was about thirty, maybe thirty one, thirty two. Okay. Yeah, thirty one, thirty. I was at the bank for a while. Uh, thirty one, thirty two. Guys, like you know, I'm coming close to that age right now, and like to think of having a heart attack at this yeah, age is, is mind crazy. blowing. Okay, crazy. so um, okay, so so give us the whole story of what happened there. So I was at home. I actually took off work because I was at home. I, I thought I was sick. Okay, and uh, I was just in bed, lying down, relaxing, and it kept getting progressively worse. Like Monday, Tuesday, worse. And I, I called my mom to talk to her just to you know chop it up with her, see how she was doing. And she asked me how I was doing. I was like, I'm all right, blah, 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 blah. And then she goes, all right, I'm going to check on you tomorrow. So she called me the next day. I told her the same thing. I'm not feeling too great. I couldn't even walk from my, my bedroom to my kitchen. It was oh. that bad. It was bad. I was like, man, I got the flu or something. And uh, so she called me again. And she's like, uh, if you're feeling like this on Sunday, I'm, I'm coming over. So she called me Sunday. And she's like, how are you feeling? And I'm like, I'm still feeling the same. So she came to the house. Uh, she was like, you're going to the hospital. So we got in the car and she drove me over to the hospital okay. and uh, we went to emergency. And when I walked into emergency, I'll never forget this. Uh, it was a guy who was a nurse. He's like, I walk in. He's like, you, you, he's like pointing at me. He's like, you come with me right now. And I'm like, what? Like it's an emergency room full of people. Like, what do you mean? Like, why me? Why am I going and, first? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, he told me, he goes, look at your, uh, he goes, look at your ankles. And my ankles was like, I had edema. So it was like filled with water. Wow. Like they were like massive, like huge, huge. And he's like, look at your wrist, man. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Like I didn't even notice it. So they took me in the back. Um, So when you have heart, it's uh, uh, potassium, magnesium. They always put you on like a potassium, magnesium drip a lot of times. So did that. And they give you like an aspirin, usually for your blood pressure. And um, they were like, uh, they're like, man, you suffered like a major heart attack. Unbelievable. And, Um, you know, I find men have such strong um, pain points sometimes that what they're willing to like stay at home and not see the doctor over is freaking crazy. And they're like doubled over. And like, to be honest, sometimes that's the hardest part about being overweight as well is that you don't notice things as quickly because you're so used to feeling like crap. If I can be honest with you, you're so used to being tired. You're so used to being out of breath. And then to top it all off, when you swell really bad like that, sometimes you don't yeah. necessarily notice, yep. you know what I mean? And I, because I know yep. that some people might be like, yeah, right. But it's like, it's, it, it's true guys. And so, um, okay. So you're in the hospital and they're like, you already had a heart attack. Yeah. And then they basically, um, <laughs> they basically told me like, we don't know if you're going to make it. They're like, we don't know. So there's a, for all my nurses out there, um, there's a, there's a stat for your heart. It's called a heart infraction. I believe the average heart infraction is like 65 or 70. Mine was four, like four, four out of, it's supposed to be 65 or 70. It was four. So they were like, um, my doctor, he actually told me, he was like, look, man, like call your family and friends. Cause like, we don't, we don't know. 
Like, He's getting mad know. goosebumps listening. I know. I get. It's I get crazy. goosebumps. Every time, like, every time I tell. Every time I tell people this, like it happens. But yeah, he's like, call your friend. So I call my best friend. Shout out to my boy Keith. Um, he came down and um, we sat and we just talked, man. We just talked and talked and talked. And I'm like, bro, like that's the first time I told him, like, bro, I'm scared, bro. Like I'm scared. So I told him, I was like, bro, you gotta pray with me, dog. Like I'm like, you gotta pray with me, bro. So he was like, all right, man, all right. So we prayed on it. Um, I had so many. So like I told you, I uh. Uh, being a being a bank manager, I lead a lot of men and women. I had so many people show up. The 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 doctor, they thought it was my church. <laughs> they was like, bro, is this your like for real? They was like, bro, is this your church? Like, what is going on? Like, we never or they was like, Are you famous or something? Like, uh, like and this was, was like, back no. in the day where they were a lot more chill about people coming to visit as yeah. well compared to where yeah. they are today. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was like people in and out, one after the other, in and out, oh. in and out, in and out. And then the the uh, lighthearted story about this, my my niece, um, she was so little. It's so funny because she's about to graduate high school now. Wow. But she was so little at the time and she couldn't come in the emergency room. And that's like, that's like my, she's like my, she's like my first baby. Gotcha. Uh, they let her go. They let her go to where the, where the, the, the doors, where the ambulance brings people in. Yeah. They let her go. Cause like my room was like, my bed was right in front of that. Okay. So they let her so go to it and she's, like, and she's like jumping up and down, like oh. waving and I'm like waving back. Yeah. So like, but yeah, that was it. So um, it's like, what that, do you even I, have? Like, oh, sorry, if you don't mind me asking, like, what were you even talking to your buddy about at that point? Like, what do you even man, have? A, just, it's like, dude, like this might be our last combo. Yeah. No. And we, and we, I've known him since I've known my boy since 90, 93. I've known him nice. since 1993. Uh, so forever, but we yeah, just before had, I was even born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we talked, and we were just chopping it up and just keeping it real. We always like we always been super transparent with each other. So we just talked. I love it. Said like you know like how you know he was like kind of like what you gonna do like if you get out of here what you gonna do? Um, so I uh, that night I pray I prayed and I was like I told God this is my exact words I said I said God if you let me make it out of here alive I said I will I, this is the, my literal word I said God if you let me make it out of here alive. I will become a wrecking ball. Mm. Like, meaning like I will destroy anything that gets in my path. Like anything that's trying to stop my path to being good. Like I'll be a wrecking ball. Like you can't, nothing can stop a wrecking ball. Like, like I'll, that's what I'll be. So I I got out. I won't let you down. Yeah. So I got out of the hospital on uh, July 25th because that's my best friend's birthday. That's how I remember it. Uh, July 25th. um, My mom was driving me home. I stopped at a, I don't know if you have the CVS pharmacies out there, but no, I stopped that. It's a, it's a popular pharmacy out here. I stopped at CVS pharmacy. I got a, a sugar-free Gatorade and then I stopped at Subway and I got a sandwich because I was like, okay, that's, that's healthy. Yeah. And then uh, I went home and I ate it. I ate the sandwich, drank the drink. And uh, my mom was hanging out and she's like, well, what are you going to do for the rest of the day? I'm like, I'm going to the gym. And she was like, no, like, no, you're not. Like, you just been, you've been in the hospital for eight days. I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to the gym. Like, so it's she fine. left and I couldn't, I couldn't drive. So I caught the, um, I caught the 33 bus to the 55 bus and it dropped me right off, right in front of a, a fitness gym we have out here. It's called Fitness 19. Okay. Um, and I went to Fitness 19 and I started lifting weights. Um, I just was winging it. I was winging it, figuring it out. Um, my bus ride was usually about an hour. 
So when I got on the bus, I would turn on YouTube and I would look up how to work out. And that's when I got introduced to every fitness influencer you can imagine uh, from C.T. Fletcher and Mike Rasheed, Christian Guzman. Uh, the list the goes legends. on and on. Yeah, anybody you can think of. Um, I I started doing the workouts and then uh, Chris Jones. Um, and then like it just all started, the, the weight started to come off. And I was like, okay, like, I think I can, I can, I can do this. And then uh, I remember going to my, uh, I had to see a new doctor. Uh, her name is Dr. McKinney. Shout out Dr. McKinney. She, uh, I remember talking to her and she would ask me about like my daily habits. And I was telling her the stuff I used to eat and this, that, and the other. And uh, I remember an awesome conversation I had with her. She said, uh, she said, what vegetables do you eat? Now, she, mind you, she's Jamaican. She got a hard accent. She, she goes, what, uh, what vegetables do you eat? I go, I don't, I don't eat vegetables. I just don't eat vegetables. And I'm going to tell you this, uh, the statement that she told me that stuck with me to this day. She looked me in the eye and she said, in her heavy accent, she said, what kind of grown man don't eat vegetables? And oh, I said, shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I said, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> you right. Like, it put everything in perspective. It wasn't even about, yeah. like, the vegetables. It was just, like. What kind of grown man? Look like, after yourself is what she's saying. Yeah, right? like, 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 like you're a grown man. Like, get what your do you shit mean? together, you buddy. Yeah, <laughs> like you've grown. Like, you know. So I was like, oh damn. So that really put things into perspective for me. And uh, yeah, man, I just kept going at it, working out, and um, not to go too far, but uh, there was a there was I was doing it for I was I was probably a little bit over a hundred pounds down. Okay, maybe maybe a little bit more. Wow. And I went to my very first Fit Expo. And um which is I'm like such out. an exciting time too because like let's be honest like you've been watching these guys on YouTube yeah. and like let's kick this like this has got to be just over 10 years ago, right? Yeah. Roughly. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, like you think guys like this was really starting to just be a really big oh, thing. Yeah. Like this it was, was like popping, just taking off. Right? Yeah, it was just taking off. Okay, so and, you get uh, to go to this fitness expo, and are you going by yourself or who are you with? No, nah, I went. Um, so I went with my. Uh, so this was like it was well, it was after. So I was, uh, I was dating. I started dating my fiance, who's now my fiance. We get married it. next month. As a matter of fact, um, yeah. So uh, we go. We went to the fit expo, and uh, we walk in. I just wanted to. Go. I didn't know anything about supplements. So I was like, I'm gonna go and try to learn about supplements. I'm sure this is a great time to do it. So one of my big, well, I didn't say one of my biggest inspiration for doing what I did was Mike Rasheed. Mike Rasheed was like, Mike Rasheed and C.T. Fletcher was like, that was it. So I'm walking through the Fed Expo and um, lo and behold, right at the corner of my eye, I see Mike Rasheed and I'm like, yo, like, oh damn, it's Mike Rasheed. So I literally said, under my breath, I said, oh shit, Mike Rasheed. My fiance, my girlfriend at the time, she goes, um, she goes, she goes, go talk to him. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. And I don't know if you guys follow Mike, if you know Mike. Mike looks me right in the eye. He goes, you just going to say my name and not come say hi to me? And I'm like, oh, shit. Getting called so, out. I love it. Yeah. So I walk over there and uh, I talk to him. And I'm like, look, I told him, I said, look, man, I don't, uh, I said, I know people ask you for things all the time. Yeah. I said, I don't need anything for, from you. I just want to say thank you. And he's like, for what? And I'm like, man, like you literally, like you saved my life, bro. And he's like, how? So I showed him a picture. I said, well, I said, I used to weigh 400 pounds. And he's like, 
man, you full of shit. I'm like, nah, man, I'm serious. Like, I'm serious. Like, I've lost like 160, 170 pounds. And he's like, show me a picture. So I pulled out my phone and I showed him a picture. And um, he's like, oh, damn. Now, his business partner was there at the time, Sean. And um, he showed Sean. And um, he's like putting, he's like typing on my phone. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? So he's, he saves his phone number. It's Mike Rasheed. He saves this his phone number. This is insane. Yeah, he saves his phone number and he gives me the phone. He's like, look, man, like, I'm a, he goes, stay on it. Like, I'm a check on you. And I'm like, okay, like, all right. Like, you're Mike Rasheed. I don't know how you're going to check on me, but. And I walked around the Fit Expo and um, I left. And then maybe like a week later, he texted me. He was like, yo, you still in that gym? And I'm like, yeah, like, I'm still in here. And then he would text me every once in a while, like, how's the nutrition going? I'm like, it's going good. And then we just talk back and forth, back and forth. And then maybe like two months uh, after that, he texts me on a random day. And he's like, um, we want to invite you to the uh, San Diego Fit Expo. What? And I'm like, okay, like, well, like, what capacity? He was like, no, just come and hang out. So I went um, and I hung out in the booth with them. And uh, we just spent the whole day and met everybody i got to meet everybody that's when i met the guys from ghost i actually met the guys from ghost that day um they were like because they were pretty much like a startup like they were like brand new, brand like new the first that one. Point, right yeah they're brand mm-hmm. new and uh, uh christian guzman was there uh max tuning was there um so i'm like talking to them um i'm talking to the owners of ghost ryan and dan uh the marketing manager cj and the brand like it was so uh it was so like bright and big. Yeah. It reminded me of, uh, it reminded me of like the, like the, uh, shoe culture. Like, yeah, the, cause yeah, they, yeah. they're all in the shoes, like the graffiti. The, yeah. It reminded exactly. me of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember telling them that day, I was like, yeah, like I'm here with Mike Rasheed, you know, he invited me down. I was like, man, like, I don't know what y'all got going on over here, but man, like, I want to be, like, I want to be a part of this. This is this it. This is crazy. Like, this is crazy. I want to be a part of it. Now, mind you, I mean, Christian Guzman was huge. So I remember I have a picture with Christian and Max Tuning. And I told him, I said, uh, I said, give it a little time. I said, give it a little time. Um, I said, I'll be part of Ghost. Like, I'll be part of Ghost. Like, just give it some time. Yeah, that's and exactly. Like, yeah, and they were like, oh, all right. So then I went back to over there with Mike and them. And we uh, was hang, hanging out doing our thing. Uh, after the expo, went home. And they contacted me again. They were like, yo, come down to headquarters. So I went down to headquarters. And... Um, they offered me a sponsorship and I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, like, like CT Fletcher, like Mike Rasheed, like they're like, there right in front of me. I'm like, I'm like, I watch out on YouTube every day. Like what is going on? So like just to break this down for any of the female followers that are like, I have no idea who this guy is. So this would be like similar to like us going to a beauty expo, Tyra Banks being like, yo, I'm just going to put my my number in your phone. And now I'm just going to invite you to our next, you know, um, expo that we're having. And now I'm just going to come and get you to join our team. Yeah. Like Like, this is huge guys. Yeah. It's a big deal. I mean, he's, I mean, he's a B he's a mogul. He's a mogul. He's a legend. Um, so yeah, I filled out the paperwork and I joined the, the team. And uh, after that, like the, the rest was like pretty much history, man. It was just like getting recognized, going places. It's strange. I still, I'm still not used to it. Uh, 
You know what I think is so amazing is that as you've continued to climb this ladder, you have stayed so humble to the people that have always been there for you. Like you are very much the person that you are never going to forget who's been there for you along the way. Um, I, you really respect your community and I have so much respect for you on that because I think that that's where, um, a lot of people lose themselves is that once yeah. they start getting that fame, that little bit of, you know, it's, and, and like, to be completely honest, like you're in a, in a different ballpark than, than the people that you grew up with now. Like it's, it's not yeah. even like, so like, but honestly, it's like, would you bring half those people to meet the people that, you know what I mean? Like it's, it doesn't yeah. drive the same way. So the fact that you're still, e- still able to chill with both sides and be as humble as you are is just amazing. So I got to give you congrats to that because you. you have the most incredible story. So now you're in this partnership with Mike and CJ, where does this kind of grow from here? And where does this take you to today? We want to hear this last bit because it's so, a juice. Like, so after that, we're doing, our, doing all the expos you can imagine traveling everywhere. Wow. Um, and then I had a, opportunity where my contract was coming up to my contract was coming to an end uh so i was already with them for almost three years okay um and i have so many friends at ghost i I have a bunch of guys at ghost that i know and i was trying to figure out what i was going to do and i was talking to my my one of my boys uh he's with ghost his name is andrew we're just chopping it up one day and uh just talking and he's like like what are you gonna do i'm like i don't know he was like why don't you just come to ghost and I'm like, he said it so like nonchalant, like like obviously, right? Yeah. So I'm like, like, bro, like they not going. What? Like I'm not like, I'm not like Michael Jordan, and like I can just <laughs> go and call and make it happen. Like it's not that easy. So he was like, no, nah, man, like, like uh, he was like, it's time for you to come. Like it's time for you to come home. Wow. And I'm like, and I'm like, all right, man. So I'm just like, look, like I'll 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 see what what I can do. So I messaged uh, I messaged a couple of guys. And uh, he was like, uh, he goes, let's have a business call on Thursday. So I'm like, all right. So I happen to be going to Vegas. We do a guys trip every year, me and my boys. So nice. I mean, my best friend, my best friend and I, we in the car and we driving to Vegas. And we're doing a business call. And I'm on the phone and I'm talking. And he's just like, the way he's, t- he's like, yeah, man, like it's well overdue. And uh, we should have did this a long time ago. And I'm like, what? So it's it's not computing to me, yeah. Because this is like my dream brand. This is that's like, the thing. It's it's not computing. And my 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 boy is in the pastor seat. He's like patting me on the back, and he's all excited. And I'm looking at him like, what are you excited? like, what are you talking? What are you excited about? Like, nothing's. I, what are you excited about? Nothing's happening. And he's like telling me, he's like, bro, they like they they are like they 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 offered it to you. And I'm like, what you, no, they didn't. What are you talking about? He's like, man, are you like are you, are you in? Are you asleep? And I'm yeah, like, like, what's going on? I'm like, here? What, I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, bro, he just offered you the, the spot. And then Unreal. he's like, he's like, uh, he goes, he's like, so what do you think? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, all right, well, let's get the paperwork sent over. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? I missed like everything. Like I was in the. It was, was like you just got proposed to, and you're like, yeah. I don't even know what you said, but I'm gonna say yes. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. So. Um, yeah, since then it was just like, cause this is, I mean, this is my, I mean, it's my dream. It's my dream brand. It's my dream brand. That's my absolute favorite brand in the world. Um, and so you've been an athlete with them ever since. Yeah, I've been an athlete. So, uh, today will mark six. Actually today is that's funny. 
today is a, a six month. Uh, no yeah, way. Six month. Yeah. Well, very happy birthday to you then. Yeah. That's you. amazing. So yep. now do you want to tell us a little bit about ghost in and of themselves? Just drop a little bit. Cause I know people are probably yeah. curious. You're saying how great this brand is. You know, you, you mentioned a little bit about supplements, but not everybody on here necessarily is fitness focused. Drop yeah. some, some goodies about where they could so, potentially find ghost I'm and a, you. So you can go, uh, ghostlifestyle.com and then, uh, they, they actually they have a uh, they have a distribution center in uh, in in Canada. Oh, do they? Yeah, they have a Canada. So, so ghostlifestyle.ca, I believe that's the Canada site. Um, Perfect. The my favorite thing though about Ghost is they have authentic collabs. So authentic flavor collabs. So they have um, they're partnered with a company called Mondelez. Mondelez is a big European company. Okay. They're the company that owns all. They own Chips Ahoy. They own Nutter Butter. They own halls. They own chiclets. Wow. They own. Uh, I'm a. They're a big dog. They own oh, no. uh, taste cookies. So Ghost has a partnership with them. So all of their protein. So they have Chips Ahoy Ghost protein. It's actually Chips Ahoy cookies inside of it. Wow, that sounds so have, delicious. It's that's my favorite one. So they have Chips Ahoy protein. They have Oreo protein with actual crushed up Oreos inside of it. So it's making um, that, it so easy to lose weight when you're eating a yeah, cookie and your protein. Am yeah. I right? Absolutely. So I tell people this, if you, uh, anybody watching this, if you have aspirations, of course, you're a coach, if you have aspirations of losing weight, um, or building muscle, if you're not ready to increase your protein intake, don't even do it. Because that's the that's the thing you can do whatever you the thing is, the leaner you get, the tougher the, the appetite is going to kick in. Yeah. And that protein, that's what's going to be the protein of those veggies. That's what's going to keep you satiated and keep you full. That's it's like so, the, so true. So yeah. if people wanted to support you, is there a support code that they can use to... Yeah, you can just use my name. You can use Fred, F-R-E-D. You can nice put that in easy. a... And it's nice and easy, so... Um, Perfect. Yeah, man. Well, I'm going to make sure that I log their websites as well as your support code on there. Oh, That's awesome. amazing. Um, so I know that you had mentioned that you are currently training now. This is, this is, you've, you've, st- you've stuck with this fitness lifestyle, decided yep. to open up your own gym. Is that correct? Yeah. So I have, uh, so we, like I said, I got my big old house on the, I got my house right on the lake. Um, I have a nice size garage. So I just, it's full of equipment, some mini gym and everything like cable machines, Beautiful. squat rack. Uh, we have, uh, bench presses. We have row machines, um, dumbbells all the way up to a hundred, uh, kettlebells, battle ropes. So good. <laughs> so do you do private one-on-one training in there? Is it pe- multiple people coming in? Tell us about so the kind of training that you I have do. some people that I do, uh, train together. I have some husband and wives. Uh, I have athletes. Um, I have a couple high end people that you guys might know. I have a lot of people in the filmmaking industry. Love um, it. so I have some pretty big filmmaking industry, uh, clients, Good for um, you. Also do online. Yeah, it's a blessing. Like it's a blessing. The the most beautiful thing about uh, uh, training and coaching is like it's a great way to give back. Yeah, it like, is. it's a great way to give back because I'm gonna tell you something. Like I I made I made great money doing what I do. Um, I made great money being with, at a bank, but that stuff don't mean anything if your quality of life sucks. That's just mm-hmm. reality. I'm sorry. Like you guys can say whatever. You want to, let me tell you, you can lie to yourself however you want to lie to yourself, but I've been there. I've been on the other side. I've and it almost took his life. Yeah, seriously. I've walked up 10 stairs and felt like my heart was going to jump out of my throat. Like I've done that. Like, cause I've been so out of shape. So all the money in the world doesn't, that, it doesn't do anything that for that, sad. for those moments. 
it doesn't do anything for those moments like or driving a nice car or um you know my my girlfriend uh she has three daughters from her previous marriage they're my children now of course yeah um but like it doesn't mean anything if you can't have a quality of life with your children it means nothing honestly it doesn't i'm sorry i'm not i don't mean to uh uh talk so direct and i don't i don't speak in very many absolutes but these are absolutes that's an absolute it is yeah these are absolutes so um my biggest uh my mom is spoiled rotten i spoil my mom give her anything she needs and then some um, my biggest people ask me, what's my biggest regret of being that overweight or what was, what, what was one of my biggest motivators? My biggest motivator was, uh, ha- my mom having to bury her son. I really felt that was like the most selfish thing that I could ever do to her. Especially because you knew it was something that you could change. You, that I could change. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. My mom have to bury, have to bury her. That, that's that, the idea of it is so selfish to me. Um, Mm. And that just goes to show how selfless he is, though, by seeing that his actions impact the ones around him um, and and taking accountability for that. Right. And and because sometimes we do, we just get lost in in our own little world. And and whether it's whether it's pity, whether it's the fact that we are too busy to look after ourselves, whatever it is, um, we do end up becoming selfish that nothing else really matters. Right. Absolutely. So I'm beyond proud of you for the, for what you have done to get yourself here to realize that it's not just about money. And because you're so good with your advice, I'm wondering if you could potentially um, split up your advice a little bit here. So I'm wondering if you could give advice from your, you know, pretty much teenage years, your Azusa years of what you would give to somebody who's out there grinding in that survival mode and potentially is looking at their life like it doesn't really have a future. I'm just going day to day right now. What would you give them for advice? Uh, number one, account- have some accountability for your for things that you do. Um, a great word that I tell to my children all the time is self-mastery. You got to have self-mastery. Master yourself. You have to understand your strong points and your weak points. You have to be accountable for those strong points and those weak points and stop putting your, uh, your, stop putting your inability on someone else's ability. So mm-hmm. just because somebody else can do something doesn't mean they have to, or it's not their fault. If they're strong at something and you're weak at something and you want them to do the thing that they're strong at for you, that's, that's not their fault. Yeah. So you, you, you got, you gotta, you gotta do it on your own and it's tough. And it's, uh, put it like this. When you uh, anybody out there, when you guys watch a movie or a TV show, do you guys like the do you guys like the TV show where it's like uh, John was bo- John was born, John was born rich, John got everything he needed in life, John cruised through life, John died got happy. everything he wanted, <laughs> John died happy. The end. You're like this is the stupidest movie ever. Totally. You want John? You want John was born? John was born into bad situation. Yeah. John grinded out of that situation. Yeah. John might have lost it again. Yeah. And then John got it back. Well, and I think that a lot of us don't realize that in order to be good to be good at something, we have to be bad to start, right? Absolutely. And that, you know, we all have strengths and we all have weaknesses and and as much as you want to go and say that you don't have any strengths, it's that you simply don't want to slow yourself down to assess what those strengths might be and how you can level yourself up so that 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 self-mastery can come by simply just taking some downtime to 
what are your values? What's important to you? What are things that you hone important in your community? You know what I mean? Like, what are things that you stick up for, for the people around you? Like that's, that's the kind of shit that builds you. Um, Great advice for them. So now, now let's take people who are currently working their asses off in a job that they might not necessarily love. They're making a shit ton of money and it looks like they have the picture made for their future, but Mm -hmm. deep down inside something's ticking and they're not necessarily as happy as they should be. What would you say to that person? So I I say this all the time, find out what makes you happy and do it. I know it sounds so simple because it is so simple. Find out what makes you happy and do it. Mm -hmm. Life is that easy. Don't, don't, don't overthink, don't overcomplicate life. Um, I have people, I tell them all the time, use your job to fund your dream. Yeah. Like it's, it's not, it's nothing wrong with working a nine to five. I did it. Yep. I worked a nine to five. I did it. So and sometimes you need wrong. to double stack that grind to get to where Absolutely. you want to go. Right. And yeah, then to and have you learn, that financial and learn lessons in the structure. When you're at those nine to five jobs, learn there's lessons in the, in the structure. There's a lot of lessons you can learn because eventually you're going to be somebody's boss. Mm-hmm. You're going to be somebody's boss too. And if you don't know how to lead, then what you're just, you know, you're not doing yourself a service. You're doing yourself a disservice. Totally. Um, so yeah, you gotta, you, and you, the thing is, uh, self-mastery, you have to ask yourself, are you doing what's required? Are you doing enough? Or are you doing what's required? Okay. You have to do what's required. You have to sacrifice what it takes to get things that you want. And if you're not, um, I tell people you're exactly where you are in life as your work ethic has put you. Mm. Period. It's true. Period. Point blank period. If I don't have something, now we all have underlying circumstances because that's life. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and like what I think is so interesting that's going to bring us into our last piece of advice is the fact that you, so you, so you took yourself from a spot where nobody really wants to be in a day-to-day survival. Okay. You level yourself up to a position where you are getting catered on. You don't even need to move yourself. You're looking out the window at all the peasants pretty much. Right. (laughs) Um, And then though you choose to level up your life again, because it almost got taken away from you and you had the choice to continue on living the life that you were or you could level up and do something different because it clearly wasn't working. And that's what you did again. Now, what is so interesting is that you leveled up so high in the sense that you created relationships that are, you know, the the kind of relationships that most of us in the fitness industry are dying to work our asses towards. Okay. So not only did you, did you now accomplish that, but you kept fucking going, man. Like you, you now grew into that vision of ghost and obtain that. So now the piece of advice that I want is how do you keep your grind flowing, your hustle so hard to make sure that you not only achieve your goals, but you stay there. Because I think that so many people achieve their goals and then kind of fall out, right? And and don't stay at the level, but you just seem to keep growing. So my my kids are watching. Oh, are they? My kids, no, they they're that's I mean they're watching me. And like, that's what you're like, hey, this what, is going to be my lessons every single day that I'm going to teach kids, them is to show my children up. Watch me. Yeah, my kids, you know, my, my oldest, my oldest daughter's 10. You know what she told me about uh, maybe like eight months ago? No. I went and I put them, I put them in bed every night. It's one of my favorite things about being self-employed. I put them in bed every single night. So sweet. My oldest daughter told me one night, she said, dad, she's 10. She said, dad, when you leave this room, 
go get in the bed and go to sleep. She says, don't open your laptop. Don't go, go to bed because you deserve some rest. Okay. So she's 10. 10. And she okay? recognizes dad needs some rest. Hey, she knows dad busts his butt mm-hmm. to get what, cause I do what's required. Yeah. I do what's the, not just enough. So I, no, not just enough. So my my thing from where, where I'm from, um, we don't have any. Kanye Kanye West Kanye West said it the best. He said, he says where I'm from, the dope boys are the rock stars. Mm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that that like it's that's true. where I'm from. So yeah. those is my my the people I had to look up to were people doing the wrong stuff. Yeah. So I have to that. So I have to have some self mastery to realize that I'm the stopgap. I can make that stop. What kind or, of hero do I want to be, right? Yeah, exactly. So they can look up to something else different. Because uh, I tell my fiance all the time, um, I'm in a position where this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. The people that I know in this industry, I mean, so this is another great example. So my Instagram, I have 14,000 on Instagram. My Instagram got hacked. I had to start over again, right? But, but it's like, is, is enough to like derail people, okay? Going from 14,000 oh, followers to To starting nothing? over? okay. What this is like my this is literally like finding this is like having a uh this is like having an electronic shop and you go to your shop the next day and it's burned down to the ground and you don't have insurance. Yeah. Like literally you start over. But the thing is I know the tools that I've developed along the way. Um and I know I know how I uh how I treat people. So like I said, uh I have a um there's a guy um that I follow. He said his grandmother always said, You be careful of the toes that you step on. Because it might be connected to the leg that's connected to the butt that you got to kiss tomorrow. Mm. Okay, so you build good relationships. That's my thing. Um, I'm, I, I know, I know everyone. That's my ability in this industry. I know everybody. I know everyone. When you talk about, we can go anywhere. We can go with the with the huge brands like Microsheet and Ambrosia, CT Fletcher. I, that's a completely different side. We can go to Ghost. I know all the guys at Ghost. I know all the guys at Alphalete. I know all the guys at Anaka. I know these people. I know the the, the trendsetters in these industries. So I build great relationships with people, genuine relationships. Genuine. With people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, genuine relationships. That's why people. our relationship has continued the way it Absolutely. has. Absolutely. Because you are genuine. Yeah, and, and anybody who's using social media as a tool, um, let me say this, because um, you guys need to understand this. Um, Power comes in collaboration on social media. Okay. It's literally, um, have you ever drove down the street and you've seen someone like on the corner selling something? Yeah. Okay. So say, say they're selling fruit. Okay. Yeah. Say they have oranges, bananas, and strawberries. Okay. Everybody, pretty much everyone eats oranges, bananas, and strawberries, right? I mean, it's safe to say. Yeah. Now they go to the grocery store to get these things, right? Now, what if for 30 days, they all decided, you know what? We're going to buy his strawberries, bananas, and oranges. You can literally create a, a millionaire, like, if you wanted to. Yeah. If you wanted to. That's how we have to look at it, each other, guys. Is so that a keyword? Yeah. Yes. So if he's selling bananas and oranges and strawberries, you buy it from him. If somebody's selling T-shirts, don't go to Target or no. Walmart. Go buy it from him. Yeah. Support your right. people, man. Exactly. And then it'll all, it, it all goes together. It all goes together. 
And I think that like a lot of people are just, um, they're afraid to take that opportunity. Like you almost did as well, which I think is so interesting is that if it wasn't for your girlfriend and if it wasn't for Mike hearing you mumbling under your tone, you know, what would have happened? You would not be where you are right now from that. He almost missed the biggest opportunity in his freaking life, guys. So if that's not enough to remind you guys to take part in those opportunities. And like, I am always encouraging people have the conversation, open up the conversation because you will not believe the amount of partnerships that I've gotten in my time, the amount of, you know, just, just connections and relationships moving forward of people who are like, Sarah, you need something. Here's my number. You, you pick up the phone, you call me whenever you need anything. And I got people from all over the world like this. That is simply from not being afraid to have the conversation. So guys, I know that you guys have to be completely blown away by this story because this is like once in a lifetime. I tell you, I can't imagine what your next 40 years are going to look like. My friend, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to, I'm ready. I need some, uh, I'm ready for, uh, I'm ready for grandbabies in the next like 10, 15 years. There we I go. Some, I need some grandbabies. That's yeah, what I need. Keep that energy going and, and busy, busy. Hey. So what I want to know is where can everybody find you to come check you out? Maybe try you out for some online personal training, or if they're local, maybe try out your gym if they can, what would be the best way so, to get in contact with you? You can Instagram, Instagram, it's, it's a underscore and it's the 200 pound down Don. It's underscores all the way through, through each word. So, so I will yeah, make yeah. sure that that gets tagged in the show notes. So you can just click away to him. He's got some great content, always posting the video content as well. So Every guys, mm, got to go Every check day. it out. Thank you so much for your time, I Frederick. I'm just so grateful to have you on here. And I know that we'll be uh, staying in close contact and I'm sure that we'll have you on again in the future with all the Anytime. stuff that you're up to. Okay. Anytime. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's show. And you know that I will catch you next fucking Monday. And that's another honest episode dropped. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Naked in Truth, where we come together every Monday morning to set the week off with intention. Don't forget to head over to our Instagram page at Naked in Truth podcast to stay up to date on future episodes, guest speakers, and other kick-ass info that can help you continue to create your impact. And you know that reviews are so valuable when it comes to building a community of like-minded people. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please, please, please drop some love on Apple Podcast Reviews and share this episode with someone who you think needs it. Thank you guys so much again for tuning in to today's episode. I'll catch you next Monday. And don't forget, love always wins.